Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The pandemic has uh, definitely taken its toll on travel, not only here in Singapore and tourism, but across the globe. And one of the companies that has done a lot to uh, figure out what's going on with the current travel situation is Sabre. Now, Sabre is a company that provides technology solutions to the global travel and tourism industry. Joining us now on the line, Todd Arthur, who is the regional head, vice president for Sabre Travel Network Asia Pacific. Good morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me. That's great to have you on. Recently, uh, Sabre did a travel sentiment survey. But before we get to that, give us a little bit of background about how Sabre fits in to our travel ecosystem. Sure. So Sabre sits at the very heart of the travel ecosystem. So we provide software that enables airlines here in Singapore, such as Singapore Airlines, uh, hotel car hire companies around the world to distribute their inventory to travel agencies, both online travel agencies and traditional bricks and mortar space uh, around the world. And you're kind of plugged in. So most of consumers don't even know you guys exist, right? You're right sure. behind the scenes. And, and surely the travel industry insiders do know that you're there. When you did this sentiment survey recently, tell us about some of the highlights of that survey and, and what the travel industry is looking like, uh, let's say, on the backside of, of the travel uh, industry. Sure. So one of the things is we have real-time data. So, you know, a few yesterday – you know, thought, hey, I want to go to Bangkok or I want to go to Hong Kong or I want to go to another destination, uh, then you have an opportunity to go in and, and search, you know, are flights uh, happening now, you know, what my options are. And so as Sabre, we are providing the technology. So when you're looking at different options, that is actually the software provided by us. So when we started looking at the hits that our system was getting about, you know, the increase in hits starting in June, we said, hey, we need to go out and look at what the marketplace and what people are thinking about and what they're, uh, when they do travel, what is it that they want to see, what is it, where is it they want to go. So we went out and surveyed uh, nearly 1,000 people to kind of get some better insights to what the consumer was thinking about. Were there any surprises to you when you looked at that, at that survey and the results of it? Yeah, actually, one of the things that nearly half the respondents said that they expected to, to, to travel within the next three months and uh, close to 80% said that within the next six months, they expected to be on a plane and to be exploring some other part of the uh, part of the world. So it was, uh, in spite of all of the concerns and the safety around uh, COVID, people are still very much interested in, in getting out and exploring and doing the things that they were doing uh, pre-COVID. Just yesterday, I was uh, having lunch with a friend of mine, and he was talking about, hey, I, when can I get on a plane? When can I uh, go explore parts <laughs> of the world? And so that's what we wanted to understand is like, you know, what are consumers thinking about here in the Asia Pacific region? We're on with Todd Arthur, the regional head and vice president for Sabre Travel Network Asia Pacific. So, you know, are you surprised that people think they're actually going to do, do some sort of traveling in the next three to six months based on what you're seeing from your, your side of the uh, equation here? Yeah, you know, I'm actually personally was quite surprised that we've not seen a, a quicker recovery. I thought kind of through April, May that by June we would have a much kind of clearer understanding of when we would be able to to travel. But you know, unfortunately, we've seen things like in Vietnam and New Zealand and other places where we've had a second or third wave. Obviously, governments are concerned about introducing travelers into their markets, and as a result, most uh, countries have taken a pretty cautious uh, approach. So I think that is the question that people are constantly asking us is, you know, when can we be able to travel again? And what we have seen is airlines are very optimistic about 
what the future looks like. But we've also seen airlines, you know, put schedules in place and and then canceling kind of much closer to the actual departure dates Mm. based on, you know, borders not opening up or demand not there or other restrictions that have been put in place. Right. And and is Sabre in a position where you're actually sort of giving advice to the airlines about what might be happening? Or are you all just kind of waiting to see what governments do? Yeah. So it, actually what we're doing is we just facilitate. So when, a, for instance, a Singapore Airlines says, hey, you know, we're going to load uh, schedules or book and increase capacity mm. into the marketplace, then they would use our software to distribute that to, to the marketplace. So last week, uh, you would have seen that the Singapore government said that you know, travelers coming from Brunei or New Zealand would be able to come in without a quarantine. There may be some restrictions. So as a result, you know, the airlines would increase flights and they would use our software then to distribute that to the marketplace. Yeah. And when you're, when you're looking at some of the numbers, kind of these back-end numbers, what are, what are the trend lines looking like either just overall or within specific uh, point to point A to point B type jurisdictional routes? Yeah, so early on in COVID, we saw a lot of one-way travel, uh, more than we would ever you know, historically see. And obviously, that was people that were either returning home or you know, moving to a different place to uh, when the virus was escalating. That trend, obviously, has, has you know, mostly gone away. We do see you know, here in Singapore, people uh, returning back home. But most of the travel we're seeing now is happening in domestic markets. So unfortunately for Singapore, we don't have a domestic market, mm. but we are seeing some really you know, kind of positive signs of recovery in markets like Malaysia, which has a, a good domestic marketplace, places like Vietnam, Thailand, Japan. So those are markets that we're seeing some really green shoots in the industry. And uh, we're just now waiting for further travel quarters or other restrictions to be lifted. So folks here in Singapore can get on the plane and go uh, either conduct business or go explore and, and, and take a holiday. The data that Sabre collects just must – it must be an insane amount of, of sure. data and insight that you, that you are able to, to get in from the marketplace. When you think about some of these internal uh, traveling destinations, like you said, Vietnam – well, Vietnam's locked down a little bit right now, so maybe <clears> not so much there. But you know, look around Indonesia or look around uh, Thailand or other places like that. The data that you guys have, how would, how would that help? internal customers to better judge what they should be doing? Uh, you know, would it be how to uh, sure. put on more aircraft to certain destinations or what, what would your data help them? Uh, what problem would you help them solve? Sure. So we are, you know, when we are collecting this data that we get real time, so every day, you know, we have access to everything that happened the day before, uh, all just the searches, not talking about booking. So we're able to mm. help guide hotels or airlines on you know, where they should be thinking about increasing capacity and we're providing that data back to these uh, to the suppliers and that's uh, that's a you know, kind of a valuable service that we're providing what we've what we have seen and this has been um, in all markets around the world we've seen a searches for destinations that are much closer to home mm-hmm. uh, so a significant increase of, of flights that are eight hours or less compared to historical data and what that's indicating is that people want to travel, but they want to be closer to home. They don't want to be stuck around the other side of the world if a, another wave happens or if they're not able to, uh, to get back home. They want to be closer to their, their home destination. That's, that's one. Um, also, the recovery, at least in searches, has been geared more from leisure travelers versus corporate travelers. And we do believe uh, that will lead the way of leisure travelers, so people feeling confident to get on a plane and going to a destination close to home, 
will be leading the recovery of that leisure side of the business versus corporate. Mm. So travel operators definitely should be focusing on the short, the short haul, the short term traveler, the leisure traveler, and kind of put all the other stuff on the on hold for for now. Yeah, we just it's uh, there's you know there's a cost component. People are concerned about you know, spending a lot of money during this time. There's a again people wanting to be closer closer to home. So I think that's so those are things that tour operators, travel agencies can help guide their consumers, their travelers on you know kind of destinations that would meet the criteria. Mm. Another thing that Glenn that we uh, saw in the in the survey was that people were interested in going to newer destinations that maybe provided them an opportunity to go you know, hiking or places that not just like a city destination. So one of the things we started seeing an uptick in, you know, kind of second tier, third tier cities that may be connected to parks, other areas where they could be outside more kind of adventure type travel versus a city destination. I think that kind of leads us to believe that you know, people are still concerned about being around uh, you know, large crowds during the, during the crisis. Sure. With Todd Arthur, the regional head, vice president for Sabre Travel Network Asia Pacific. Todd, I remember, you know, let's go back five or eight years when everybody was starting to get on board with the, the new A380, right, that could transport just, you know, three, four hundred people at a time. And this whole idea of the hub and spoke idea of, of travel, get massive amounts of people into one central location and then let them take smaller airplanes to their final destination. Because of COVID-19, of course, Singapore Airlines, all of their A380s and many of their other planes are parked in Alice Springs in, in mm-hmm. Australia right now in the, in the dry weather uh, climate there. But is this going to do permanently or radically change that type of model? I mean, just the fact that, you know, can you even imagine getting on a plane with 400 other people right sure. now? I don't think most people would say no, but is, is, is it going to change the business model of what airlines have been doing in the past, you know, four or five years? Sure. Yeah, there's a there's actually an interesting question. And part of the, when people are thinking about kind of being around large crowds, obviously being in a, an A380 or the old 747s, which had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people on the aircraft, mm. you know, people are concerned about that. I think uh, one component is the new aircraft have different air filtration systems. So if you think about the Airbus 350 or the Dreamliner, uh, you know, those aircraft are, are, are better equipped to, to bring in fresh air. And so you're not recirculating the, the air, which is a, has been a, identified as a problem. Mm. So that, that is one. Number two is they're just not going to be the demand. Folks from IATA, the data that we're showing, uh, which IATA, which is an industry body for airlines, we're now predicting it will be 2024 before we get to 2019 levels again. So wow. just, the, just the demand of having, you know, four or 500 people going from Singapore to London is just not going to be there in, in the near, near future. Mm. And then the third component of that is, and this was the bet that, that Boeing made versus Airbus uh, when they developed the, the Dreamliner is that people want to go point to point. And there is, will definitely be a, a market for the hub and spoke, but people want to get on the plane and they want to go nonstop. And they've seen you know, the success that Singapore Airlines has had over the last few years of increasing nonstop uh, destinations or service to second tier cities in Europe, as well as places in the U.S. that previous uh, airline or airlines would not have the, the, the capability of, of going to. Yeah, that, I mean, it's just there, there's so there's so much happening in that industry right now, and of course, you know, even the simple thing about hedging fuel forward six months or nine months, you know, even that is completely out the window right now, right? Because uh, nobody even knows what the demand is going to look like, <clears throat> what the routes are going to look like, how much fuel they're going to need. I mean, it, it it is a an industry that is just has so many question marks right now. Yeah, it's it's 
been um, it's a, an incredibly challenging industry to to make money in, and we've seen even in the best uh, of times, right? <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Over the last kind of decade, you know, the airline industry has done you know, fairly well. But leading up to that, we had the global financial crisis, then we had terrorism attacks that that have a, a huge impact to the to the industry. So it's yeah, it's, it's been a really challenging business as well as fuel prices, and you've got you know each aircraft is 150 million to 200 million U.S. dollars. It's just a, it's a it's a very kind of expensive business, and if you look at airfares as a consumer, we love it. The fact that you can go from here to London for a thousand dollars in economy, and that price is lower than it was ten fifteen years ago. Even though prices continue to increase on fuel and aircraft and employee salaries and all those things that that, that go into it, so it is a incredibly challenging business to to make money in. And one of the things, Glenn, that we have seen is a significant increase in um, the low-cost carriers uh, really growing and booming in the Asia-Pacific region. And those airlines have found a way to be successful in this model that has these kind of boom and bust cycles of either fuel prices or uh, increase in, or decrease in demand. And we believe that the low-cost carriers will, will really lead the way in this recovery over the next few years. Hmm. Todd Arthur, Regional Head, Vice President for Sabre, Sabre Travel Network Asia-Pacific. Uh, thanks so much for being with us on Money FM. Great insight today. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.